you come Santa Claus, you come Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Blitz and blitz and all the use of reindeer, pulling on the rain. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. Hang your stockings and say your prayers, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Christmas, everybody. We are hustling and bustling here in the Brooker house, getting ready for Christmas time. I have to tell you guys, I love this time of year. And that wasn't something that was always the case. Like I remember Christmas used to just be like a fun thing. You know, we get presents. My my family is very small. Like it was basically just me and my mom and my grandma growing up. But um, since I got married, it was just Chris and I for the longest time. But when you have a child, when you have a little person come into your life, Christmas suddenly takes on a whole new meaning. It's a whole new experience. And now that she's older, she's four now, she understands Santa. She understands there's presents. She knows that she needs to be good or she's not going to get the presents under the tree or Santa won't come visit. So it kind of takes on a more magical feel and I'm telling, I I love it. I suddenly find myself becoming one of those people that loves Christmas. Like I get the goofy Christmas sweater. We put up our, our decorations even earlier than usual. Well, but not before Thanksgiving because that is rude. Don't do that. But we, um, you know, I want to make cookies with her and I want to go see all of the fun things. I mean, there's so many things to do in LA and, and for Christmas and the holidays and stuff. So I want to go do all of these things with her from Disney to knots to ice skating to, you know, all of this fun stuff. I'm becoming an old sap is essentially what I'm saying. Like, how did this happen to me? I'm becoming weak. (laughs) No, no, no. Oh, I'm such a jerk. But anyway, I love Christmas. I'm excited. That being said, I am gifting myself something this year and I am going to be taking off two weeks from the podcast. I know. Please stay tuned. Please keep listening because I will be back in January with some fun stuff and some holiday recaps. But with everything going on, we have family coming in town. My mom's going to be here. Um, We're going to go see the Nutcracker. Channing has never seen that before. I'm excited to take her to see the Nutcracker. Uh, I have a bunch of ads that I'm working on getting out. If you guys don't follow me on Motherhood in Hollywood uh, on Instagram and Facebook, you can check out some of the wonderful brands that I'm working with right now. I just, plus I have my real job that I have to go to. So it's just a little overwhelming. And I just realized like, I kind of want to give myself the gift of a break. And Chris reminded me of that. He's like, you know, one of the benefits to running your own business and doing your own thing is that you can decide when you want to break and when you want to have a vacation. So I'm deciding for the next two weeks, we're going to skip episodes, but then we'll be back uh, the first week in January and um, talk about the holidays. And I cannot wait to hear what you guys are up to. Uh, If you are planning something fun, if you're going to be all by yourself or alone, please find some friends to, or not find some friends, please find someone uh, to spend the holidays with. I hate the idea of anybody spending the holidays alone. So um, what else is happening? <gasps> you guys, I saw Star Wars. Oh my gosh. It's so funny to me how fans, specifically like hardcore comic book fans and Star Wars fans and sci-fi fans in particular, they want 
these movies. They crave them. They look forward to them. They camp out for hours and days and they buy all of the swag that comes along with it, all of the collectibles and everything. And then they crap on the movie. You know, like there's been so many people I've seen who are like, this wasn't good enough. And they were trying too hard to be like Empire Strikes Back. And it was this, this and this. And I'm like, just enjoy it. Be glad that your favorite movie franchise is back on the big screen. You know, like, because remember, there was a long period of time where there were no new Star Wars movies. So let's just be excited about it and let's not have to hate on every single little thing. All right, nerds, everyone calm down. It wasn't that bad. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. It was definitely more comedic than other Star Wars movies that I've ever seen before. So um, if you guys go and see it, let me know what you think about it. Also, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be covering the Rose Parade here in um, it's in Pasadena, uh, which is just not very far from where I live, for Channel 2, the station I report for in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I'm so excited because we've lived here for 12 years and we've never been to the Rose Parade. And I'm actually going to be doing stuff with it this year. So I'm very excited to get to do that. And then a few weeks after that is the Golden Globes. And I'm going to be covering that as well. I cannot wait to hit the after parties, go to the, I'm not going to be on the red carpet, but I'm going to go to the after parties and try to mingle and schmingle and see who I can talk to. So a lot of fun things coming up. So I'm definitely taking my time, taking the time to rest, relax, enjoy the holidays, enjoy watching my little one get up and go crazy over all the stuff that Santa is spoiling her rotten with this year. But anyway, all right. I want to talk about my guest this week. This is, I didn't even say the episode number, you guys. This is episode 127 of Motherhood in Hollywood. My guests today are Mike and Heather Spore. They are a husband and wife uh, duo, uh, obviously, husband and wife writing team. They live actually here in um, the LA area in Southern California. And I interviewed them when these big, massive wildfires started. Um, like a week or so ago. And it, uh, I was so grateful for them to take the time because I think they were kind of nervous. They were a little bit in the path of some of these fires. So uh, just crazy fire, just crazy happening out here. Anyway, so Mike is a parents editor, a parenting editor at BuzzFeed. And his wife is, runs the popular mommy blog, The Spores Are Multiplying. And spores are spelled S-P-O-H-R-S. And it's a very popular website. She has been blogging for a very long time. And because of their talents and their combined knowledge of online, the online space, the digital space, um, they have some wonderful things to say about blogging in general, where online digital um, information is going in terms of the direction it's going in, what trends are happening right now. But more importantly, they have a new book that they've written together. And I have to say, I think that's incredible. I don't even know if Chris and I, like we could write a book, but it would take us like years to do like, and I don't know that anyone would want to read it. It would just be like nerd stuff and fart jokes, but they, they have written a book and it's called the toddler survival guide, complete protection from the whiny unfed. And that is hilarious. (laughs) You guys have to check it out. Uh, I'm going to put some information up on mother in hollywood.com where you can get the book and read about it because um they've got some funny insights on 
raising a toddler and getting through the terrible twos and hello, who hasn't been there? I think sometimes I think we're still there in the terrible two situation. Um, but anyway, you guys are going to love hearing what they have to say about, um, social media, the digital media landscape and what it's like running a success, a successful blog and, uh, building your brand at the same time. You know, I would love to say that, everything you see on Instagram from all the mommy bloggers and all of the, all of the, you know, hip Instagrammers that are posting, it's all very casual and fun. But to be honest, a lot of thought goes into almost every picture that you see, um, from people who have turned their Instagram into a business, um, in particular, um, uh, you know, and Facebook too, your Facebook lives are becoming more of a business direction. So, Anyway, very fascinating topic, very exciting, and I'm so thrilled um, to have them on the show so that they're going to share their knowledge, and they're just so funny and charming, and I can't wait for you guys to listen to the interview. Here is my interview with Mike and Heather Spore from The Spores Are Multiplying. So I do want to thank you guys, first of all, for taking the time to talk with me. I know that the fires are close by. Um, I want to let everybody know we're recording this interview right now when Los Angeles is on fire (laughs) all around (laughs) us. Um, But I'm glad you guys are safe. Thank you. Thank you. We're, we're just, we're very lucky and we're just keeping our thoughts with everyone who is actually being impacted by this. It's just so horrible to watch on TV. It really is. Like I, um, I work in news as my like, um, real job, the job that I have to support my acting habit. And, (laughs) um, I have been writing about this stuff all week and, you know, it's, this is different. Like LA gets a fire season, you know, but this is different. This is never, it never seems so close. Yeah. Agreed. You know, it's kind of, this is not important at all in the grander scheme of things, but you know, I work at Buzzfeed and we had our big holiday party planned. Uh, at a mansion that I guess they'd rented in the Hollywood Hills. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be tonight. They sent out an email yesterday evening saying they canceled it because they don't want us going up there in the, the hills and getting get, stuck. Yeah, getting stuck if a oh, fire wow. happened. Or something. So we're postponing that to next year. And were you guys like, but we want a party? <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, we got the email and I heard some, some woman who worked with us down the hall and they go, postpone it next year no <laughs> I thought that would be my reaction too i'd be like can't we just move it like to burbank or something right, else? exactly like, you know. i know i was thinking about everyone who's like rented a dress from yeah. oh. all that stuff like Holiday all parties are nowhere so to go fun. right exactly um well i've been uh reading a lot about you guys over the last few weeks since we started talking about this interview and i am so excited to talk to you about your new book this is the first book you guys have written together um tell me first of all well let me tell everybody what it's called it's called the toddler survival guide complete protection from the whiny unfed (laughs) (laughs) tell me how you guys decided to um what made you decide to want to write a book well, you know, the funny thing is we had uh, read that um, the, the Zombie Survival Guide by Max Brooks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I was talking about it, telling Heather about it, and, you know, it kind of occurred to us that zombies and toddlers are a lot alike, you know. <laughs> they both uh, follow you wherever they go. They both communicate through groans mainly. Lots of drool. A lot of drooling. <laughs> so we kind of – that was like a little joke we had. And then we started thinking, you know what, they should make a, a toddler survival guide. Um, so the book is kind of written – in a loose parody of the style that he had talking about zombies. But, you know, we're talking, of course, about toddlers. 
Uh, and it's a lot of, it has a lot of humor in the way it's presented. But that was kind of how it started. It started by looking at the zombie survival guide. And what was that like for you, the process like for you guys working together? Because I got to be honest, my husband and I cannot even like write a grocery list together without somebody going, <laughs> I don't know what we need. We already have eggs. Like we need more. I mean, we, I just can't even imagine. <laughs> well, the way, the way we did it was we divided up parts of the book to the things that we felt like we had the best knowledge on. Mm. But I... I I'm surprised that Mike <laughs> didn't murder me because he is very um, disciplined and would figure out how many words he had to write every day to make our deadlines. Oh, and wow. I am a, um, I'm just going to write it all on Sunday <laughs> kind of person. And I can bang it out. But like, I think, honestly, I don't know how he put up with me. I did have this thing set out where we had 50,000 words to write in six months. I said, well, if you do half and I do half, that would mean that we have to each write 228 words a day or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I was doing my 228 every day. Like Heather <laughs> and said. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so I'd say, you know, you haven't done four this week. So now you have 1448 words you need to do to catch up, to be back to the 228. Yeah. And so we had a little stress about that, but it got done. But yeah, that's just my style. I'm more of a, of a deadline write it all at once kind of person. So. I sort of love that. Uh, you know, I love actually both aspects of that because um, with my background in news, like we're constantly pushed up against daily, hourly deadlines. Like you got to get your stuff in right. um, by a certain time or it doesn't go on TV and people get mad and you get fired. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, but in my own like personal stuff with my own personal website and blog and things like that, I'm like, whatever, I'll just sort of write it like, you know, maybe tomorrow, even though I know I have a lot to write, I'll be like, I'll just do it all really quick in a couple of hours. Um, right. So I can appreciate both perspectives for sure. Um, and I would love to talk to you guys a little bit more about your website. The spores are multiplying. Yes. Um, how have you built this up to be like, it's such um, a, a popular website. You guys have shared so many wonderful stories over the years. Um, tell me a little bit about the process that goes into creating and cultivating that website. You know, I started blogging back when we called it web blogging <laughs> and, um, and it just was something that I, I started doing as a habit every day. I, I was in kind of a boring entertainment industry job where I worked for a really great man, but my job was answering the phone and I was bored. Ooh, what did so you I, do? Who did you work for? Was it someone so I, I worked, for, I worked for a record label. Oh, that's fun. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, for the director of A&R. So, you know, it was, it was a fun job and lots of cool perks, but I did a lot of, you know, sitting around. So sure. I started blogging as a way to just pass the time. And then with, um, I think that just, I've been, I mean, I've been blogging now since like 2002, Oh, wow. So a lot of, a lot of gaining an audience is just longevity. And I think a lot of it too was, you know, I was, I was blogging kind of in the heyday when people would read blogs and, and leave comments for each other. And we were really anxious to connect. And, and it was right around, uh, in 2007 or so when Twitter came out and then that was a whole nother way to meet new people who were, you know, going through similar circumstances. <laughs> It really was watching Heather you know, start that because I uh, had my own blog originally, uh, which was the newborn identity. That's why my Twitter handle is that. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I came over and I started writing on, on the sports multiplying. But watching Heather in the, be in the beginning days, 
it really was such a, a thing about um, meeting other parents and moms and getting feedback to know that you're doing okay. And she met a lot of the people when she was on bed rest with our first child, actually. And she was worried about things. And she met a lot of great friends through the website and through the internet. And some of her best friends now are actually... Yeah, people I, people I met in my computer. <laughs> so, But I, I just got so much out of reading other people's blogs. Uh, when I, like Mike said, when I was on bed rest with our, with our first child. And I... I felt sort of a, I don't want to say duty because that makes me sound like I think I'm so self-important or whatever, but <laughs> I, I, I just, I hoped that my writing about the difficult things that we've gone through would help somebody else who might be going through it after us. Just so kind of just trying to pay it forward mm. in sort of a navel gazing way, <laughs> but it really helped me. I would love to know like what your perspective because you guys are talking about um, this time of like blogging and writing connecting as if it's something in the past. Do you think that now people are not um, going to blogs now to connect anymore? Do you think that there's still a desire to connect with someone um, in that way? Or is it all shifted because of like you said, Instagram and Twitter and, and that sort of thing? I think there's still a lot of desire to connect. But like you said, it's totally shifted. And the kind of heyday of, unfortunately, the heyday of blogging really seems to be... Personal blogging. Personal blogging, yeah. Um, you've seen a move toward... A lot of people have made a move towards kind of aggregation where they're kind of pulling together funny tweets and funny memes and you know have other people do guest posts and stuff. But I think generally, if you're talking about young parents, um, they don't come to it the way 10 years ago they came to blogging. They now, it, like you say, it's Instagram... It's Facebook, even some Tumblr stuff, Snapchat. Yeah. It's all changed. And I would say that I think I'm still connecting with the same amount of people, but now they get to choose how they, they want to connect. They can read my blog. They can, you know, be my friend on Facebook or tweet at me or follow me on Instagram. And, and there's a lot of ways now to keep up with the people who you relate to. And I think so it's, it's much less concentrated on – writing or reading blogs and much more like, you know, there's mm -hmm. just so we put, we're just out there in so many different ways to find each other. Yeah. It's almost overwhelming. I mean, there's just so many yeah. outlets. Um, and when I started motherhood in Hollywood, it was just a podcast. Like I barely had a wordpress.com like yeah. site and, um, it was just my podcast and then everything else sort of built up around it. And I have found that I struggle finding an audience for my blog but then again, I also don't write every day. I don't write on my blog every day. I'm lucky sometimes if I do it once or twice yeah. a week. And um, I have found, like you said, most traction on Instagram and Facebook um, yeah. and on social media. So it makes me wonder, well, maybe I should shift my energies a little bit, you know, in, in those ways. So yeah, it's all and very think, fascinating to me. to. Yeah. And I think a lot of it depends on how you are comfortable expressing yourself mm -hmm. um, yeah. and, what, and what you get enjoyment out of. I and mean, if you're not enjoying, you know, writing on a blog or posting photos on Instagram or whatever it is, then, you know, you have to just find the way that you are most comfortable to express yourself. I think for me, having started uh, writing on a blog and a parenting blog, and then gone on to you know work at BuzzFeed over a ten-year period, I've really seen there's been a huge shift in the attention span of of people, not just in parenting but in everything. Mm -hmm. And it's gone from I mean, uh, this is why listicles are so popular at BuzzFeed. Mm -hmm. People like something they can ingest quickly, Quick. a tweet they can get. 
a picture on Instagram. And I remember being at a parenting conference, uh, boy, about maybe six or seven years ago. And uh, there was someone who was a, a key player, you know, at the time. Uh, and they were saying that it's fine to write blog posts that are like a thousand, fifteen hundred words, two thousand words. Really lay into it and write a lot and get your. And I said, boy, you know, I don't see that. I think you've got to be five hundred words or less. It's really going in that direction. Yeah. And now we're seven years later. I think you put five hundred words in front of people and they go, oh my gosh, five hundred words. <laughs> Can't I have one hundred and forty characters instead? Yeah. So it really has shifted, and that's really why I think Instagram, Twitter. And those yeah. kind of places are the, the more uh, successful places. I think that's totally true because I've actually seen articles on that that are like, oh, if, you know, you really have to write like 1500 words or more in order for, you know, for the Google bot to to mm-hmm. catch your your page and rank it higher or whatever. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. I do not yeah. have time. Nobody. And also nobody, nobody has wants time to read to that. It. Nobody has time to read it. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm like, and plus, like, you know, I'm like, my life is not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> where I need to write, where I need to write like 2000 words uh, per yeah. post. Um, but I, we're talking a little bit about social media and I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on raising kids in the social media spotlight. This is something I get asked about a lot because I put my daughter um, in my pictures a lot and it's, it's our lives together. That's my motherhood in Hollywood. And people always ask me like, well, you know, why do you always put only the best pictures of her up? Or why do you only, um, you know, why do you use her? Is she okay with that? Is she comfortable with that? And that sort of thing. Those are questions I get a lot. And I would love to hear what your take is on, on those things. Yeah, we get, we really try to be mindful about everything we put out there when it comes to our kids. I, my approach was personally, I wrote a lot about them uh, and probably a little bit more intimately when they were, small when they were infants and toddlers and preschoolers. And then once they started growing older, like our daughter is in second grade, um, I don't write about her as in depth as much because her life is her life. And, and, and she doesn't, her, her life is not as intertwined with mine as it, as it was when she was, you know, with me 24 hours a day. Right. Right. And so that's kind of my approach. And then, yeah, I only post the good pictures of her because I wouldn't like it if somebody posted a picture of me with my 12 double chins. So I'm like, that to my kids. Exactly. That's what I'm, that's what I tell people. I'm like, if you, if you have your worst moment, like people who post like tantrums and like all that stuff, if you're at your worst moment and somebody takes your picture and puts it on the internet for life, you know, like I would hate that. I would hate that. There's definitely... Oh, as you can say, there's definitely those people who say like, oh, you're using your child to have a successful blog sure, or you're sure. doing they, mm-hmm. So there's the, the, a large contingent of people that feel that way. Um, and I don't and we don't really feel that way. I think like Heather was saying, it's a big part of it is showing the best sides of your kids. So mm-hmm. but the other thing, too, is it's a, the people that are saying that are from the past. And when you're looking to the future, social media and everything, this is the way the world's going to be. And so, you know, bringing up your kids in that world and helping them understand how to navigate it uh, safely and and appropriately. I mean, I think in the future, knowing how to do that is going to help them get jobs and and, and have a good life. So, yeah, I think that's a part of it. But I I try to be very mindful of of all of those concerns, you know, their privacy and, and those sorts of things. And and, you know, I don't always succeed and there's been times where I've gone back and taken things down or edited them because I was like, oh, on second thought, maybe I shouldn't have 
posted that story. But, you know, I, I try and I, I, I'm out there and I, I do, I don't want them to ever grow up and be like, why did you say that about me? <laughs> a lot about the type of kids too. I have a, a colleague who has a blog and stuff uh, and her friend, her, her daughter says, oh, don't put me on there. I don't want to be on there. You know, oftentimes, uh, Whereas, you know, not our daughter, <laughs> not, not our daughter. It's like, oh, this picture I took. Can you put it on your blog? Oh, yeah. She like she's begging for a YouTube channel. She's going to be a she's going to be a handful. My daughter, <laughs> my daughter leans in that second camp, too. She'll be like, no, I don't want any pictures. But what if I stand like this and I yes. look at the camera like this and then I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> are you like directing your own photo shoot, but pretending like you don't want to be in it? Like, <laughs> Exactly. I, she's only four, so I give her a little oh, bit yeah. of leeway, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, but no, I love that. I think that I think it's good that we are being mindful, as you said, and and um, I really try to be respectful of the person she's going to grow into one day. Exactly. And I would never want her to look back and be like, "Oh, mom, you embarrassed me so much." You know, like, why did you? I mean, post that they're picture? already going to think that anyway. Right, so exactly. Try not to give them more fuel. I do think exactly. it's crazy. The whole thing has shifted. Where the t- the conversation used to be like, "Oh, you're using your kids." This thing. now the kids say, "Why don't you put me on the internet? Why don't yeah. you put me on Instagram? How come?" So it's actually yeah, kids how come Billy's mom post pictures of him and you don't? Yeah, you know. So there's it's it's, it's such a it weird. Does go the other way. Have you weird guys book. already um, bought their domain names? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I did. I bought their once we settled on names. I bought their domain names. I reserved Amazing. their Gmail, their Twitter handles. I did all of it. I am not <laughs> super twenty first sh- century nerd stuff. I should have. I shouldn't admit this because someone will probably do it. But I have not gone that far as the domain name, but I do have her Instagram. So oh, good. We got that on lock. Um, I I love that you guys have such a great rapport with each other. You obviously have a lot of fun together, and I would love to hear more about how you, how do you find a way to kind of hone your brand as a as a family. Um, you know, I mean, it sounds so weird because it's like, well, you were living our life, but it ultimately, when you're online and it becomes a brand. Yeah. We've been together a long time. And yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot of those, and we definitely have a lot of differences, but we have been able to, you know, we worked together on the sports multiplying uh, a long time. I, before I joined BuzzFeed, I was, you know, writing on that with Heather for a few years. And so we, for a few years, she would send me a post and she'd give me notes and I'd send her a post and she'd give me a note. So we kind of, I think, got our, our writing, a, a synthesis of our writing styles a bit. And I think just doing that and then also being a family that's together so much, we kind of have a shared sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's how it kind of hangs together as opposed to maybe. Yeah. And then we, we try to be, I mean, we are, we're, we're very normal and <laughs> relatable <laughs> and, you know, nobody wants to read stuff about, you know, I mean, not that we ever like go on these like, you know, caviar tasting trips or something. But like, you know, we we write about the normal struggles that we that I think everyone faces. We're not trying to to act like we're perfect because yeah. we are so not. There's <laughs> definitely two camps, I would say, of uh, online. You know, people these days or parents these days. It's the ones who you follow because you you think their life is amazing. Oh my gosh, look where they are now, and look at the clothes they're wearing, and all that stuff. But we're not them. No. We're, we're the <laughs> 
we're the people where it's like, oh, look, they, they, they you know, he spilled uh, his kid's drink all over him and now he's, you know, yeah. getting on the uh, amusement park ride. Yeah, exactly. Like we shop at Target and yeah. our house is a disaster and we're just, we're, we're just like you. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, in LA, in the LA area, I've learned over the past couple of years that there are definitely those two camps of moms for sure and parents yeah. for sure. Um, and a lot of it I've noticed is is very disingenuous from the um, oh uh, the caviar side. You know, it's like yeah. you're I, like girlfriend. I know you're not going to Gucci every day with your two year old. Yeah, you know, like and totally. I, I'll see some <laughs> stuff like that, and I'm like, what world are we living in? So I love that there's the balance of like. Um, families where you see like a little bit of reality in LA and in the Hollywood scene, yeah, because, you know? Yeah. Cause you know, we're, we have a lot of access to cool things just by virtue mm-hmm. of where we live. So, sure. you know, we get to go to Disneyland a lot cause we don't live cause we live near it. And that seems so exotic to somebody who might, you know, who's in the middle of the country yeah, and has never right. been there. So, you know, we have a lot of, of, you know, it's a privilege to live here Yeah, and we try to, be mindful of that, but, you know, also remember that we're sometimes the things we can do is not, aren't something that, you know, just anybody can do just because they don't live in LA and in this weird little, little (laughs) amazing bubble that we all have. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I am very excited, uh, about your book. I think it sounds wonderful. I think you guys are very funny and obviously people enjoy connecting with you and enjoy reading your blog. Um, and, uh, I want to remind everybody again, the book is called the toddler survival guide, complete protection from the whiny unfed. And it's available now, right? On Amazon. Yep. You can get it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Mm -hmm. pretty much anywhere books are sold allegedly, (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) but the big ones like Barnes and Noble, of course, Amazon. Awesome. And I'm I'm going to, I'm going to put all that information up on motherhoodandhollywood.com as well as links to where people can follow you guys on social and where they can buy the book. Um, thank you guys so much for taking the time. I know, like I said, Ellie is on fire, but I appreciate you (laughs) taking the time to talk with me. No, thank you so much for having us. Thank you. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for me. Have a wonderful week. And remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Mama funny. Balls.